In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we've been struggling. And we're going to talk about it for your benefit. We'll be right back. Another episode of Marriage. Marriage it is I, the Q, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife Jeannie. Jeannie Moran, can you give a salutation to the world? What's up? What is up, everybody? Before we get started, make sure you go share this show if it's helping you. If you hate this show, don't tell anybody. No, I changed my mind. Share it with the people you hate because maybe it will help them. While somehow it's helping you. And if you have a question or a comment or you just need to talk to Jeannie or I, email Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. That's like man versus marriage, MVSM. Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. And with that being said, let's, let's get into this show. Just because you have a podcast doesn't mean... You have a perfect marriage. And that is part of our commitment in doing this show. It was part of my commitment from the beginning, even when I did this show with Coach Rita. And then uh, Jeannie came on the program. And we have committed to giving you, I think there's only one show that we've ever done, two shows we've done that uh, we couldn't put out. One of those shows, I had a little too much to drink. (laughs) <laughs> it, it was a really good show. It was, but your words were so slurred that it was going to sound horrible live. Yeah, it was going to sound terrible. I guess I could have sped it up. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you uh, when you drink a little whiskey and you really start to open your heart, which I'm, I'm wide open with you, but we got into some deep discussions. And then there was one that just involved people who may listen to the podcast, and Jeannie and I needed to really just get our feelings out on the table with where we were. It was a very fruitful podcast, but not appropriate. So other than it that... It was about protecting the people, uh, the other people, because it, it was obvious if you knew who they were that you would you would know in the... You know, people who knew us, if they listened to it, they would know who we were talking about, and it wasn't safe. Yeah, and we only put information out there that we've been given permission to anytime. Like, we've got some listener emails coming up for Jack and Jill scenarios uh, where it's like, hey, thank you for this email. I'm, is it cool if I talk to Jeannie about it? And then is it also cool if I give you an idea of your story with you outside of it? Because it, the hardest thing is to figure out what you should do when you're in the middle of something because you're emotionally connected to it. But it's like when your friend comes over, or a family member comes over and they tell you a, a scenario that's going on with them, it's for some reason it's always easy to see, oh, well, this is what you should do. <laughs> so I kind of, I, once I began to really understand that, it's what I call stepping out of the frame. So we put your story out there anonymously, unless you're like, dude, use my name. You, we just put you out there as a Jack and Jill. And then it gives you the opportunity to look at it from a different perspective. Because I truly believe the answers are within you. It's the choices you make. And it and sometimes you don't have the tools necessary to work through these. So we give you the tools, but the answers are within you. And 
that comes to this scenario here where it's like Jeannie and I have been struggling with our relationship and not in a, not in a sense that we're going to call it quits, but it's just been getting difficult. The day to day interactions, we have kind of been at each other's throat a little bit or taking, I think things, it's not that we're at each other's throat. I think it's more that, um, we're both going through our own stuff separately and um, over the last seven or eight weeks, schedules have not permitted a whole lot of just us time where normally when stuff comes up, it's like, okay, let's go take a long drive or, you know, we're going to go take an evening out and, you know, maybe it's to a restaurant, which that's not the smartest spot for me to go because I always end up in my head afterwards. But, um, you know, or we'll go somewhere overnight or we know, we'll plan. We know we have things planned out where it makes it a little less sharp when we talk to each other up until that point. Um, but lately I think we're both going through separate things and then it just makes, you know, when you're, you're in your own head and your own space and you're dealing with stuff, whether it's because of your spouse, your work, your kids, uh, health issue, whatever it is, you're already kind of coming down on yourself. You're already in your own head trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And the smart thing would be to talk to your spouse and say, hey, I'm dealing with this and give the heads up. Okay, well, Quincy and I both failed at that. Second, the other thing is um, anything anybody says to you, intentional or not, that comes out with even the slightest air of sarcasm or banter or if you're already upset with yourself or frustrated at a situation, those things tend to, for some reason, act like little needles and they just start picking and poking. And eventually what happens is either you shut down and all communication ceases or you blow up (laughs) and communication goes all over the place because it's, it's not really necessarily directed at those people. It's just, you're emotionally raw and you're not telling anybody that. So what brought this to a head? I'm going to say it's a it's an episode that we have not released yet, but we have to... It was going on before that for me. No, I, I'm not but, saying it wasn't. But I'm I, saying... I think, um, yeah, when y'all hear it, Quincy and I don't argue often, but this particular episode was meant to be an open discussion and it came out as a very heated open discussion. Yeah. And, um, which I think is great. Well, and then we, we didn't get a chance to finish the episode because life was moving on and we had responsibilities to get kids where they needed to be. So we had to cut it cold, which we're both still mad. We're both not, not necessarily pissed at each other, but just like frustrated because, I don't know, maybe we just didn't realize that this was as big of a problem as it was becoming or if it was just that we just weren't seeing eye to eye that day at all. And um, we still haven't finished the second half of the episode. No. And, and let me tell you this. I'm I'm not mad. If you're mad, I get it. And I, and I understand if you're mad. I was a little bit because of the phone thing, but... I'm not. I'm not mad that you and I are so... We're so tight. We're we are we are matched up so well. We've done episodes that talks about she doesn't think like you. Well, the same is true the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think like her. 
but I'm a, I'm somebody that notices I don't know like a a pattern from time to time and when I notice a pattern and it and it creates a certain frustration within our relationship I need to talk about it and I we've been down this road with other areas of our marriage before so normally what'll happen is I'll say something and it gets it gets pretty hairy cuz the first reaction is like probably for both of us the first reaction is like no that's not true and then it's like okay well I'm just going to let I'm going to let that hang out for a minute cuz after the escalation you know comes the de-escalation and then maybe you think about it because I'm not coming from a place to hurt you I'm not coming from a place to make you worse. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from a place because we've both agreed we're not going to hurt each other on purpose and we are here to make each other better. So that's hard to see when somebody is giving you something that you feel like is uh, like a harsh critique or bad feedback, which you have, you have your own frustrations with the word feedback. That being said, this particular episode, I, I had the sense that it could go that way and it did and I was proud of us for not holding back just because there's a microphone it was tough because we had to stop and you had to take one of the girls to work um, but look for the episode who decides when we have sex it's coming out in the next couple of weeks and after that we're gonna have to you'll you'll get that episode you'll hear it and then you have to wait the week until the next episode because we're going to have to go and clean it up. One of our marriage philosophies is say it ugly. And we did. And then. <laughs> oh, we did. And then clean it up. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. that. So what did we do? We did that live on. I mean, if it was a live show, maybe we wouldn't. But we did it live on the microphone. And so it's. I've had uh, I've had several emails in the last two weeks of people thanking us for us putting our journey out there, saying, "I am so thankful that you have have gone have put yourself out there because my spouse and I are struggling with the same thing, and you have changed our life." So, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I continue to challenge us in that respect to say, let's talk about where we struggle. Let's encourage you, the listener, to email us about where you struggle. And I know you, you're probably sitting there in the car and you've th- listening to this or at the gym or whatever, and you've been thinking like, I, I want to email, but I, I don't, I don't want to put my business out there. For Jeannie and I, this information is sacred and we are never going to take advantage of you that is our commitment to you that's why we say we can do this anonymously but our people from south africa what is up we appreciate you emailing our people from trinidad what's up we appreciate you emailing and for us developing these relationships our people from the united states of america What's up? And not everybody's married. Sometimes it's just about relationships. 
So take the step and email and allow the 25 years that Jeannie and I have been together, allow the experiences that we've been through. The only way, there's two ways, the only way that we make good on those is if her and I reconcile with each other and make our relationship better, and then we use that to help benefit other people. And that's where you come in. So this particular episode, and she's right, it's been going on since before that. And and when you, it's it's really interesting because if something hurts in your body, and I've used this basic example before, if something hurts in your body, you probably, some a lot of times you might ignore it if it goes away a little bit, but it's like there's a symptom there, something, there's an issue, something's going on. Now, as long as it took me to go to the doctor about my knee, I really have no room to speak <laughs> in this metaphor. But in your relationship, you yourself know when there are things that start to build up. I call it residue. It starts to build up. Because there's times in mine and Jeannie's life where we choose, am I going to punish you or treat you a certain way? Because you've made me upset. And both of us, I can say this with integrity, both of us have chosen the punishment route when we're not, we committed not to choose that route. Yeah, it, it's funny because I was just thinking, yeah, it's it's actually, the awareness is there. So when you get snippy about something or you get pissed off about something, we were, we were talking about this the other night at dinner. It's like my initial reaction is screw this. I'm going to, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and we'll see how you like it. You know, and, and we were talking about various things and it wasn't just us that we were talking about. There are other things going on around us or to us. And it's like, I, this particular group, I really want to just, I want to go after the jugular and, and I have the, the capacity to do it. But because I'm aware of the fact that it's now a decision, it's not a reaction, I'm now responsible for that choice. So I have to step back and say, okay, what are the ramifications if I choose to punish who all is being punished? Because sometimes you think I'm going to punish him because he said this, and so I'm not going to do it. I'm just, you know what? Fine. You think that's the way I am? Then I'm going to be that way for a few days. Now... Here's the problem. When you do that, what do your kids see? Mm-hmm. How do your kids respond? How does it affect them and how they treat your spouse? Because in some houses, now growing up, this was me and my sister wholeheartedly. My, my dad has a short fuse. And he'll tell you, I'm a, I can say this because the, the part of his life he's in now, he even admits to it. Back when I was growing up, his initial way to punish you was to either insult for injury or shut you out. And so growing up, my sister and I learned to protect mom. If he's going to shut her out and treat her like trash, we're going to love on her. We're going to, we're going to side with her. And that just made my dad more furious because then we don't listen. We're snappy when he says something to us. The attitude comes out a little bit more, especially if you have teenagers Lord help us. But um, 
I, I was an unruly teenager on some things when it came to my parents. So I, I can say that honestly, that I, I purposely poked with needles on purpose. Um, but now I have to step back and say, okay, but if I treat him that way and my girls see it, are they going to suddenly push back from dad and protect mom? Or are they going to, they might be the opposite. I might be in the wrong and they may see that I'm in the wrong and be like, no, we're, we're siding with dad. That's a problem. Yeah. If you're causing them because, to choose sides. Exactly. Yeah. Because now your kids are choosing and they, they shouldn't have to. And most of the time I think it's just instinct more so than personal choice. I think it's just instinct to say this one needs me more. It's kind of something that we've, we've learned, especially as a large family. We are constantly, y'all take care of each other. Everybody takes care of each other. We all pitch in. We all do things to help the family as a whole. <clears throat> but now it's it's like, well, shit, now I know it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's your E, sorry. but It's on there all the time. It's like, or I could choose to be vindictive, or I can stand back. And th- this is my go-to, which is not the healthiest either, is sometimes I'll step back and not say anything. And it's like, until I can figure out why I feel the way I feel about what's being said, I'm not going to say nothing. Now, some of the people who have emailed us, I can, I'm going to say this to you because I do the same thing that y'all are talking about. And I shut, I hold on to it because my thought process is I need to, I need to figure this out and then we'll have a conversation. But if you don't tell your spouse, you know what? I, this really bothered me and and I know we need to talk about it but I'm not there yet if you don't put that disclaimer out there all you did was pull an a-hole move and silenced them mm-hmm. and you shut them out unintentional it, it may not be what you intend now some people you're just an a-hole and you do it anyway mm-hmm. and that that's a form of punishment for some of us it's like I don't know why I feel this way I feel like a jerk because I feel this way and I need to understand why I feel this way because I'm afraid I'm going to say something to you that's going to hurt you. And that's, that's not my intention. I, I know it's a me thing and I need to figure out why I feel this way. This, that's that whole say it ugly thing. Now, total transparency over the last eight weeks, Quincy and I have not used any of these tools in this given situation. <laughs> now we, we have a very full toolbox. We know these things like the back of our hand, but life has a way of throwing you off and then something happens and you're like, Ugh. and you forget to open the toolbox and, and we need to figure something out here. Yeah. We, it's kind of like, you know, my dad used to have this toolbox in the garage. I don't even know why he had the damn thing. He never used anything out of his toolbox. It's an old rusty box. Never got touched. All the pretty shiny new red ones with all the drawers and the special little buttons. Those got used all the time. They all the time. They were always open. There was always something missing. But this old rickety one that he picked up from grandpa never got touched. I think sometimes our toolbox looks like that old rickety one. It's like, well, I'll get to it, I guess. And then when crap happens, it's like watching my dad. Something will come up and he'll be like, I can't find this. And then he'll walk over to grandpa's toolbox and sure enough, he finds the tool he's looking for. It's rusty. It's old. It's been sitting in there a while, but it's been there the whole freaking time. Yeah. He just didn't cross the garage to go get it. And it's the same thing with us, I think. We just get so 
with, with our situation, I think you were going through something because you've been doing the transition with Julia Gulia. That's not her real name. It's just our name. I'll let Quincy explain that later. It's it's our our joke. Anyway, um, so he's been doing this transformation thing with her, which I just started. I'm only two chapters in. It's not that I don't like it, but I don't like it because it's the, the first two chapters is already scratched on some stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, she's going to go deep. And I'm not sure I want to do that. But I need to. Um, and you've got things going on with work. Mm-hmm. And then something was off here with us. Mm-hmm. And normally when we have multiple things going on, the first thing we do is say, okay, we fix us. Because when we're okay, all this other crap just kind of mm-hmm. kind of goes, not, it doesn't really go away. It just becomes less important. It just, it's it, not it, as loud. It actually becomes more manageable because you have, you're centered. Yeah. And everything, if, if everything's a problem, nothing's a problem because you tend to overreact when you're in an emotional state. And so there's a few things here quickly I want to talk about. And one of those things is the say it ugly principle. But if one of the most important things I feel like I came to terms with that was a dynamic shift in our relationship out of the many things is coming to terms with the idea, is Jeannie going to hurt me emotionally on purpose? Is she going to do that? Now, she might do some things to hurt me as a reaction, but at her core, is she going to do something to hurt me on purpose? And do you know your spouse well enough to know that it's a reaction versus this is who they are? Yeah. This is what they always do. It's it. There's a very distinct difference. There is. And so when I counsel or try to coach couples, that is now the place where I begin. I start there. Because if we don't have that, we really don't have anything. Well, it tells you where your trust is. And so if that tells us what direction we're supposed to go. So I would encourage you, if you are looking to better your marriage, and you want some honesty, you may not get the answer you want, but at least you know what direction this is going to go. Because if you both can sit, hold hands, look into one another's eyes, And answer the question honestly, do I think you're going to hurt me emotionally on purpose? And yes, guys have emotions. Mm -hmm. And the answer is no, I would not, I would not hurt you emotionally on purpose. You've got a great place to start. And a lot of times those arguments, you have them in your head before you have them with your spouse. And that is a bad idea that I've never seen that like bring any fruit and I have to stop myself from time to time. Because I'm the kind of guy that I, I will get mad. But then in a really stupid way, I get mad at myself for getting mad. And it makes me even more, more mad. mad. And so I had like, when you start there, you start with the idea that, okay, she's not going to hurt me on purpose. There is a lot going on. We are at one of the busiest times in our life. And... That, you know, once this busy, busy, busy time is over, things are going to shift in another direction for us. Our last three kids are in high school, two seniors and a junior. And then we have a couple of our adult children that are, one has started college and working full-time, the other one's working full-time and figuring out what she's going to do. 
And then we have our other two oldest children who are disabled adults that can't make up their mind about anything except what to watch on TV that live at home. (laughs) And so when it comes to that, I, I could tell that Jeannie and I were at each other's throat and I've come, I'm, I'm kind of come to a place and this started months and months and months ago. Uh, I have the propensity to be a people pleaser. And if you're a people pleaser, it creates a lot of residue, resentment, and animosity inside of you because you're expecting people to operate to you the way you operate to them. And it's unrealistic and it's unhealthy. So I've started to speak up more, at least to the people that I care about their opinions. And so we'll, we're going through various things there's various challenges within, you know, our prof- my profession, within our personal life, and then some things that are going on inside of me because we all have our internal struggles. We've all got them. So sometimes when things come across or something is said or there are things going on in your relationship historically and it, and it shows its ugly head again because you have not found a way to resolve it, then... It causes it causes a just a level a certain level of frustration, and like Jeannie said, we we don't argue about much, and when we do argue, I think sometimes we blow it way out of proportion because. Well, it depends. It, I I don't know that we blow it out of proportion. I think it just depends on what it is because I've noticed we have a pattern on the things that we argue about. Um, one like this last one the the catalyst for me was us not having time the time that we did have allotted for ourselves other people were invited into the day and what i had originally planned didn't go the way that i had originally planned so our alone time was non-existent for that trip and um that there there's still a rub there for me and then we just haven't had we, it's not to say that we don't see each other or we don't spend time together. I mean, we're, we're, our intimate life is still on point as far as, you know, we're still making the connection as often as we normally do. It's not that. It's that I need the conversation. I need mm-hmm. the getting away from everybody. I need the, the um, some of the hard talk. Some of it's just, you know, uh, both of us just being able to be ourselves without having to wear the parent hat or you know, the, the sibling hat or the child, it, it, just being able to be us and say, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whatever it is, it just needs to, to happen. And we have had a lot of change, a lot of, um, schedule issues. We've had a lot of kids going through some things that mm-hmm. we've talked about it. We've done the business talk, but we haven't actually sat back and said, how are you feeling about this? Yeah. Like watching them go through this, like where are you at? Because we, we just haven't taken that time, which we're usually pretty good about. But when those things happen and they all start piling and you and I don't have our time to not really offload, but just, I think it is. I think it is that time to just let all the air out of the balloon and connect. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like I need some of this off my shoulders and I got to give it to you because I can't give it to them. Yeah. And I don't really, I have a couple of people that I trust that I talk to, but I'm still pretty um, 
conservative with things because I don't want anybody in our marriage. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real cautious about how I say and what I say, but that, that usually is when we have big blowouts is because we haven't had time to just be us and connect and, and, you know, I guess offload everything. The other one is finances. Finances have a tendency to be uh, a rub for us. We're, we're much better at it than we were five years ago. I, I will say that we are far better than what we were five years ago. Um, but it's still, for me, there's residue of old arguments or old guilt. So when stuff comes up, I have to still fight through that a lot. Um, and I think that, so when we, we talk about money and things come up or maybe there is a, a slight rub for either one of us where it's like, damn, we weren't supposed to spend that and we spent that and now this is what it looks like. Yeah. And, and there's kind of a, not really a pointed finger or anything, but there's just kind of a, a, a snip there between the two of us of, well, okay, we were, we were both part of this, but we're just, we're not mad at each other. We're just mad at the situation, but it usually tends to, to rub us both a little bit. Uh, you know, cause we're, we're still working through where does our trust lie and, um, you know, what, what does our future look like? What are our plans? And we've got great plans, but the money doesn't look like the plans. So there's still that, do we move forward? Do we not move forward? Y- you know, we're still tossing stuff around. Um, and the other one is if there's something with the kids that we don't agree on that can get pretty heated, mm-hmm. but pretty much that's the extent of what we really argue about. Everything else is just kind of like little piddly. Well, you said those... something and, and I took it this way or it, a lot of the time it's a text message that was taken wrong or one of us was trying to be funny and it came out as a sarcastic snip and the other person is, which is usually me. I ain't gonna lie. It's usually me. It's just like, eh, the hell was that? <laughs> and it, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't go well, but most of that stuff, though, our arguments are usually pretty quick. It's not something that hangs over, you know, for several days, which is, is a lot of the time that's what I think we hear from other people as well. We had this argument on Sunday, and here it is on Thursday, and she's still pissy, or he's still not talking. And it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't do that. We, we very rarely go to bed on an argument. We, if, if we do, there's always a negotiation of, okay, you know what, we, we need to come back to this. Unless one of us is harboring it and not discussing it. Yeah, that's fair. Which that's I believe fair. happened several times over the last eight weeks or so, if we go back and look at it. I can be guilty of that because I like, I get in the mode of where I just want to make sure that... I'm not overreacting about something. Yeah. So it, in, it, in, it's not harboring it to hide it from the other person. It's harboring it, what that he's talking about. What I said before, he's harboring it because he's trying to get in his own head to figure out why do I feel this way? Is this a me thing or a you thing? And how do I approach this conversation so that we can. And, and I don't know that that's healthy. That's what I'm, I'm still working on that side of it. And that's where, you know, coach Rita taught us to have that once a week where we, air out our dirty laundry and we aren't doing that right now and every talk doesn't have to be bad but we keep talking about revamping our schedule but we keep our schedule 
the same. And so it's one of those things, if you want to produce a different result, then you need to modify it. We're going through this with, uh, with our youngest daughter as an exercise. And it's a messy exercise because you don't necessarily understand what it means, but you kind of allow the exercise to take you down the course just by asking yourself particular questions. So I got to the point, I was really frustrated and I haven't been, you know, holding my tongue back much because I've just been kind of saying it, saying things like it is. And sometimes the timing is wrong, but irregardless, I got to the point where I was really frustrated with Jeannie and some things going on at the house and, you know, with the kids or chores or whatever. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I've committed to living an intentional life. And here I am, I have tons of grace for the people at work, the people in my career zone that don't meet my expectations or what I think should happen. And obviously, it's not always right what I think should happen. But I've got a lot of grace with them uh, so I can continue to work our relationship and still accomplish what's mutually beneficial. And in these last several weeks, I've come to the point where it's like, if I have grace for people at work, why would I not have the proper amount of grace or employ the proper amount of grace to the people in my home, which are more important than the people at my work? These are the people that I have committed my life to. And that's not to say that I don't care about the people at work, but my family is first to me. So I had to, I had to, what, what I, what I do is I call it, I had to recalibrate. I had to recalibrate my situation. I had to recalibrate my attitude. I had to remember what my commitment is to living an intentional life. And look at one of my core values is not allow the situation or the circumstances to dictate my attitude. And I was allowing that to happen. And there was a couple of rubs that had to do with mine and Jeannie's relationship. The, our sex life is great, but for some reason, we continue. There's a, there's a cycle that happens. We continue to have an argument about a particular situation. And if this particular show got really, like, got this, you know, who decides when we have sex, if it got that heated, just wait till we talk about the telephone. Because that's a big rub between us. And as far as, you know, there's a personal line, there's a work line. And then the telephone, and you walk into the room, and everybody's everybody's head is attached to their telephone. And it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we need to talk about this. Because then I hate this whole cultural thing where it's like, it's a trigger, this is a trigger. We'd walk in, and the telephone's there. And it could be something as simple as, Somebody texts you and you're answering them, and it's like, ah, the freaking phone. And so, obviously, there's there's something built up there because I don't want things to trigger me in life. I'm not saying I want to be in a in a safe, soft environment, but I just don't want to let my circumstances dictate my attitude to the people well, I love. The thing is, I think a lot of times it's our own perception of what's happening. Um, you know, when the kids are on the phone and we're trying to talk to them, we take it as a slight. It's like, yo, put the phone down and pay attention. We get irritated. Um, and sometimes it's not even that they're 
not listening. I mean, I got nailed the other day because I snapped at one of the kids for it. And she's like, I was just putting in my calendar what you were talking about. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I should have read the room or I should have asked a question. But instead, I was I was already on her. And she's like, well, you just said we're going to do this. I was just making sure I put it in my calendar so I don't forget. It's like, okay, now I feel like the a-hole. But like that, the, the whole phone conversation is going to be a very – it, it'll have to happen on its own, I guess. I don't, it's going to be interesting. We'll put it that way. Yeah. But this last, I think this last one, um, our, our struggles are this, how do you keep it straight all the time? How do you, how do you balance everything and keep your marriage on point all the time? You don't No. You try your damnedest, you do everything that you can. And when you slip up, you acknowledge it you get back together, you figure out how you slipped up, where it came from, why did we let this get where it got, you know? And then you go back and say, okay, moving forward, this is what we're going to try to do. And I'm going to be honest, it happens to us all the time. We're not perfect at this. We yeah. haven't been perfect at this for 24 years. It's okay. We're, we're still working towards as long as we are not letting it get the better of us, we're not letting it tear us apart, and we're moving forward and things are getting better, then it's okay. We have hiccups. It, it, it's life. Yeah. And, you know, we did the show, if you haven't heard it, uh, The Perfect Marriage. Go back and listen to it because I evolved on that show. I think I've done a show before that says there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. And then I came to the conclusion is, you know, if you have, if you have, you know, these particular pieces of your marriage, it is the perfect marriage. But with perfection doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean everything is perfect all the time. You employ forgiveness if you need to. You employ love where you need to. You employ accountability where you need to. What is What does that look like for you? I don't know. I'm not in your marriage. I'm in mine. So what, what my aim is is not to make this perfect all the time. It's simply just to say, I want to speak up about it sooner. Because we go through... We go through these short bouts of time and, you know, you, your spouse, you, you, can, you can hurt your spouse. You can. You can hurt yourself. When you, when you are trying to punish your spouse with your own actions, a lot of times it backfires and it hurts you. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it going, man, did we not learn, did we not learn the lessons from the whole work harder situation? Did we not learn the lessons of our schedule getting so far gone and us not connecting because talking over FaceTime is not the same as sitting across the table or sitting with your spouse in person and having that time to air your dirty laundry. Well, and I think, and, and this, is, this is my own doing, but I think because I know that we have date nights coming up, like out of town um, plans where we... We started scheduling in the summertime. This is something that I try to do on purpose because when school starts, the kids' schedule now becomes my schedule. At least for the next two years, it will be. And um, so I try to plan concert tickets or hockey games or, you know, a football game or an, an evening out and going out of town somewhere. We try to plan these things ahead of time so we can get all the kids situated and then we know, okay, in two weeks, chaos can go on for two weeks. But at the end of two weeks, we're going to go away. We're leaving at one o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to go take a four-hour drive. 
which is usually our best time to talk. And then we're going to have a whole night of just being us, being married, having fun, enjoying music, watching a hockey game, whatever it is, you know, stay overnight in a hotel somewhere. So, you know, we get our connection time without people banging on the door or, you know, Hey mom, do you know where this is? The, the usual kid crap. And then we have the drive back, which is another four hours where we go over everything that we just talked about mm-hmm. and how we feel about it. And last night's experience of the game, we talk about everything because it, it gives us an out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I was trying in my head really hard to just get to that date, but that's three more weeks away. And this was just not going to handle three more weeks of yuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's in, this is something new, even though I've been doing this particular position at work, this is something new for us, a hurdle for us to climb. Because when I, even when I worked a hundred miles away, I was still home every single night. So we're like, okay, well, Tuesday nights is our at home. We're going up to our room. We're watching a movie. We're eating supper together. We're spending that time. You guys do what you want. We have this night for ourselves. And that gave us the opportunity if we didn't want to watch TV, but just to talk while we were eating where it was just you and me. Yeah. We haven't haven't made that happen here. We haven't done that here. And it's something we need to do. Yeah. We got to put that in on the calendar. And, you know, this every other weekend, I'm doing the kids check-in to see how everybody is. It's important for us to do that for ourselves because otherwise – you know, sometimes you can just, you have grace for you. It, you know, maybe Jeannie's snippy at me because she was in the moment. And it's like, you freaking turd. You know what, though? I get it. You're upset about this. <laughs> 4 a.m. wake up. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just like, it's like, just let it go, man. Don't hang on to it. But there are some things that they all seem to pile on one issue and then it creates issues. And so the what I'm trying now it's just if it's almost like at work. If you see something, say something. The other night, I'd been gone for a couple of days. I came home. Usually, Jeannie gets up, or if she's up, we meet somewhere. We hug. We kiss. That's our practice. Mm-hmm. And so I come home. She stays sitting in the chair. She just looks at me. So I'm like, oh, okay. I walk in, put my stuff away. Uh, I come back out. I give her a kiss. And then I go on about my business and then I come, I I don't, I think I might've eaten supper at the table. It was an off night. Like Mm -hmm. we were all eating at different times. I sat down next to her and still she just, you know, when your spouse is like, (laughs) and I was like, the first thing is, okay. She didn't get up and give me a kiss when I got home. I came to her. What's going is something seems weird here. Something's off. And it, at one point I was like, stupid. It was, but it had absolutely nothing to do with him. Is, That's the, is point. the thing. So <laughs> I asked her, you know, we're sitting there and she was frustrated. And I was like, honey, you seem kind of chippy. Is something going on? And she was thinking about a totally different subject that was influencing her mood at the time. Which a couple was her, of them. <laughs> which was the garden. It had nothing to do with me. Well, okay, so here's here's the thing. I was frustrated because you and I had just talked on the phone in the car. We were in a good mood. We were having a good conversation. And I had been gone all day. 
with um, one of our kiddos. We went and had a mommy and me day going to watch hockey training. Oh, it was so much fun. But anyway, um, we were driving back. Quincy's coming back from working out of town. And so um, I was a little frustrated because he called and said, hey, did you um, take any meat out for me? Because that's, you know, practice. When dad's coming home, we take stuff out. And I didn't because I was gone all day and I had already prefaced everyone that was staying home. I'm going to be on the road. I'm not going to be home until close to bedtime. Dad's coming home. Y'all are going to be responsible for Hunter and Keeks. Make sure that they have dinner. I had stuff pre-made and leftover food in the fridge. So, you know, everything was pre-done except for taking out dad's meat. And then when he said, okay, well, I'm going to call and check on the kids, make sure everything's up. Okay, well, when he called home, I have one who's not feeling well, went to bed. She's supposed to be taking care of the other two. Another one who's taking care of the other two, she's getting ready to leave for college class. So basically the one who's not feeling well is not really wanting to take care of anybody. Nobody's taking anything out for dinner. And then um, I'm upset because he's not being taken care of. I'm not going to be home. I, I'm coming home earlier than planned, but this wasn't on my plan. I didn't plan on coming home to make dinner. And um, so I was already a little frustrated. My daughter who came home with me went in, made leftovers, got the people who needed to be taken care of, taken care of. I went outside and this is going to sound really stupid, but I have a garden out back. I've been working on it for several months and it was finally starting to produce. And I went outside and stuff was just dying. Thing, I have bugs everywhere. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm getting frustrated. Critters! This was like, I, I was finally happy that things were progressing. And then all of a sudden, they're not. And it just, it, it put me in a funk because, you know, it, it's a long story short. But the garden to me is like kind of my my quiet space and I'm really trying to make something out of it I'm actually like deep diving into learning about how to make the produce what kind of soils we need what kind of um for I mean I'm I'm actually invested in this not just emotionally but mentally invested in learning because we want a homestead at some point and this is something that's important to me to help with groceries and caring for our family and just that sort of thing so I was pissed because the kids didn't handle what they were supposed to handle, which meant I had another responsibility. The garden wasn't working the way it should be, had nothing to do with him whatsoever. But it was just like we were saying before, I was already struggling with myself. I've been going through something and it just seems like things that I'm trying to do for myself, um, my book, my garden, my health, working out, my, my eating, all these things that I'm trying to do are not working. And I keep feeling like I'm failing at it. And then I got home and it was like one more hit to add to it. And Quincy and I had already had a few little snippy conversations over the last couple of weeks. And it was like little things where I don't know if he was taking a jab or if it was just a joke, but it was like, you know, well, maybe I'm just not a priority. And I took it personal because I'm already in my head that I'm not doing enough in these other areas. And then he made a, a comment and I took it as a hit. So when this happened the other night and I came home and nobody listened to me, the dinner wasn't done like I asked them to be. 
my garden's falling apart again after I just got so excited because we finally have produce and then something goes and screws it up. And I was already in my own head about things that I was not accomplishing or that I was failing at. And I was feeling kind of crappy on the wife's side because his dinner wasn't handled in, I know I set it up for it to be handled. Mm -hmm. It was just all of that hit me at one time and it, it had nothing to do with you. It was just simply, I just felt like shit. And I needed to just shut down, let everything go for a bit and try to get myself out of that moment because the the last thing that tipped it over was when I came in from outside and the one who had been home babysitting and was sick or what she hadn't been feeling well and all of a sudden she came down she looks great to me she's fine but she starts talking and she's like so are we not having dinner like did nobody cook anything and I my head just about exploded oh, there was extra stuff in so there I wasn't aware of there exactly there were all these things going on internally that he wasn't aware of and he just happened to walk in at the moment that somebody hit the button that said you need to shut down and just shut up. And what's tri what's a trip to me and look in full transparency man versus marriage nation. I got an emergency call, I had to step out so I didn't get to hear what Jeannie said. I had to address that call with one of the kids. So I'm coming back down in here and sitting down. What's weird to me and what's off to me and I don't know why is normally when your day is going down in flames, the one place you look for is your spot. Yeah. And you didn't get up to get it. So that was that was confusing to me. But in times past, I would have been such a whiny tail. Nobody's thinking of me. Nobody nobody cared enough about me. I don't matter enough to get my supper. Um, but then I, thanks to this Julia Gulia book, have come to terms with that I don't matter scenario is a lie I've been living with for a long time. And that's not true. So now it's like, I'm just checking, did you set you know, somebody up to do supper. And she's like, well, I set people up to, I set the girls up to watch Hunter and Kiki so I can go to this event. And it's like, yeah, you did. So you should have zero responsibility for supper. You're not there all day. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll get myself taken care of legitimately. And it's like, yeah, it's not fair for you to have to do this when the girls are home. We have raised our children to be incredibly capable. <laughs> and so... It's like, I'm I'm not going to ha have any frustration towards you. I'm just going to go get something and bring it home and cook it and eat it because my stuff is frozen, yeah. <laughs> you know, waiting for me. So I that was a great change for me because it's like, I know I matter in this family. I mean, big time. Everybody makes me feel like I matter a lot. And, and I do the same because you guys matter to me a lot. And it's like... I'm not shoving this off on her. She doesn't need to give 17 or 20-year-olds full details. There are humans here. They need to eat. It's a basic part of life. <laughs> I mean, you as a 17-year-old or a 20-year-old might not eat and only eat junk food, but you know the routine for these. So, and if you don't keep the routine, you get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't throw a fit because you earned that. So I was like to myself, I hate that I keep saying I was like, but I, I said to myself, I'm just going to ask her what's going on here. And in a trying to ask in a very disarming way. <laughs> and so I, I floated it out there and she said she was frustrated about her garden. Now, it sounds like she had other things going on. I, I had a lot going on and the garden was just the tipping point. 
I'll I'll re-explain, but you missed the. Okay, but with that, it's like, it's like, man, this is uh, this is the smart way to do it. Just ask, not to be an antagonizer, but just ask. All you need to do is ask, and you know, for a while, it was a uh, one of those things like. If you ask me if I'm okay, I'm going to snap at you. Don't ever ask me if I'm okay. I'm always okay. I've always had to be okay. But that has changed. Future future show, there's other questions you can ask to replace yeah. that. <laughs> so with that being said, those, you know, we'll wrap this show up. But this is some places where we, in the moment, that we have been struggling. And thank God I was like, you know, Friday night, I'm coming home um, uh, from out of town, I think. I can't remember what my schedule was at the moment. But it was like, okay, I'm just going to take her to dinner. And we're going to go have dinner. We're going to talk. Who knows where it's going to go, but I need to get her outside of that. I need to invest some time in her. And we need to connect. And I'll tell you this. After, even though we had some, we, we had some pretty spicy discussion there. Good thing it was a loud restaurant. True. My voice carries. <laughs> I mean, both of ours does. But I noticed the difference in you. After that meal, mm -hmm. I noticed the difference in you after that time we took to talk to each other. So what does that tell my simple brain? Get it doesn't we we don't have to go to dinner every time. Get it on the calendar. Go for a drive. I can stay up late and ride with you to get the girls and we can have them build one the hour. area for the fire pit <clears throat> and let's go park it outside. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> um, but that's where that's where it is. If you know it's important to your spouse, be proactive. She's proactive for me. I'm proactive for her. And we're working these things out with each other. But ask the question. Go back to the very first part of this to identify if your spouse is going to hurt you on purpose. Okay? So with that, I hope, I am confident there are things in this podcast that help you see that your marriage does not have to be perfect. And everybody has trouble on all, like every continent I've talked to people on. Marriage is marriage. It's what you make of it. So make a decision for what you want to make. And then go after it. And then if you get some residue, take some time and talk to your spouse. Allow each other to offload. You got, you're supposed to help each other carry your burdens. All right. Anything else? Yeah, there's a lot in this episode that we kept kind of vague just because for time purposes, we can't really go into full explanation of everything. Um, but we will take the time um, to break some of these things down on what was going on internally, what we were dealing with. Okay, yeah, let's and, do it. And um, we'll, we'll bring those out in later episodes so you can kind of break it down into pieces of what brought all of this on. This was just kind of a... We're struggling, we're offloading, and y'all get to go along for the journey in this episode. And as we're going through this Julia Gulia thing, I, we'll explain what it actually is because that's not her real name. And she's as much as she probably wouldn't even care or notice, it's just an inside joke between me and Quincy. But um, as we're going through it, I think the stuff that comes up will probably be ending up being shows too because it, it is oh, yeah. an in-depth deep dive of like where your headspace is and how to respond and things like that. So, and we do have listener emails that we've also got 
yes. to do some shows on. So y'all got a lot coming up in the next few months of podcasts. But that's it for me. What about you? That's it for me. That's it for this episode of Man vs. Marriage. Use the email address. Let's go hockey. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. Please share this episode. Go look at the other 250-something episodes and how they can help you. Reach out to me. That is all, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not. It's hockey day. Gotta go. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. (laughs) 